Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Glory to God. I'm going to start a series this morning. I just strongly feel this in my spirit, and it's going to go several directions. But uh, I feel it's necessary at this time in the development of the Word of God in our lives. We've studied authority. We've studied many powerful subjects in the Word of God. And I believe, and we need to major on this more, because many times the problem with teaching the Word of God is people tend to uh, minor on the majors and major on the minors. I really don't care where the ark landed. I mean, if, if that interests you, that's fine, you know, that's, that's okay. But, you know, I mean, as far as imparting a lot of faith for deliverance, I don't think it'll do it, you know. But, you know, there's a, a subject, and I'm going to kind of phrase it in a cer- certain way that you'll understand, understand it. Uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to get into the subject of love for the entire five weeks of December. Now, if I were to put a label on how we're going to approach it, it would be this. What are you doing with love? Now, the reason I say that is this. If I were to get up here and say, okay, what are you doing with your faith? Everybody could get up and say, oh, Pastor, I'm believe- we're believing God for a new house. Oh, we're believing God for a new car. Oh, we're believing God to go on a missions trip. We're believing God for, for, for this uh, disease to leave my body. I'm believing God. I mean, everybody could get up and say what, what they're doing with their faith. Can I get an Amen. But what are you doing with your love? Now, if the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that there are about a three, uh, 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 faith, hope, and love, but the most important, the most powerful, the most relevant is love, I think we ought to get into it and begin to study it. Amen? Now, in Galatians, you don't have to turn there, but in Galatians 6, it talks about restoration. People that are caught in a fault, people that have problems. It says this, you that are spiritual, restore. That's the... That's the, that's the uh, the letters that have leaped up off the page for me recently. You that are spiritual, restore such a ones in a spirit of meekness, least the same thing come upon you. Now, I've heard a phrase uh, over and over. I don't know where it was coined, but it's one of the most disturbing phrases I've ever heard about the body of Christ, and it's this. That the church or the body of Christ in general is the only army in the world that shoots their wounded. Now that shouldn't be so at Island Church. I said, that shouldn't be so. I'm telling you, there are people that are wounded that need to be healed. They need to be healed by the grace and the power and the love of God. But many times that healing comes through the body, through through, through individuals uh, ministering in the body one to another. Healing and restoration. And that's desperately needed in the body of Christ. You know, I I think a lot of times we think all we want is a move of the Holy Ghost. You know, last Sunday, how many were here last Sunday? Would you agree the Holy Ghost moved? Well, thank God for those times of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. But I tell you, there's, there's other things that we really need to press into because when we begin to walk in truth, the true type of love that God says we should, I guarantee you, faith is, faith is, is a snap. Prayers get answered so easy. Things happen so, uh, so automatically because of our love walk. So that's my question to not only myself and you and, and Island Church in general. What are we doing with our love? Now, we could talk about, well, Pastor, you know, we're giving a lot of money to missionaries. Well, sure we are. And that's all love. Giving, we love the, the gospel. We don't want anybody to die and go to hell. Uh, but, but in reality, uh, that's something we're kind of 
separated and segregated from because we're not in the Philippines. We're not in China. We're not in uh, Africa. We're not in any of those places. We're just sending money over there. And although that is an act of love, our giving is an act of love, in reality, the, the practical application of love really takes place right here in the church. Now, now, Lee and I this week, we had to really deal with a situation really rough, man. And it wasn't in the church or anything, but it was, it was in a group of people that I'm, I'm really close to and really love. And, and, and one of them uh, 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 has a, had a little 10-year-old boy that was killed in a four-wheeler accident. And it was just, you know, uh, I mean, I asked myself, where did I miss it, Lord? Where did I miss? These are people I pray for all the time. These are people I, I, I interact with, especially at this time of the year during hunting season. And, 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 I, and I just begin to pray. Lord, should I have gone up there and should I have started a Bible study up there a couple of years ago? Should I have gone up there and, and done something to, 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 to take the Word of God to another level than other than just interaction with me, uh, you know, every other Saturday or so or every other day when we have a northern blow-in. I go up there and go hunting, uh, you know, just witnessing to them in a blind or, or praying over our hunt or doing something like that. Should I have done something more? Where did I miss it? Because I'm telling you, it's a tragic thing. It's an absolutely tragic thing. And, and, and uh, when, uh, when we heard about it Monday night, we were, Dad was at the house, we were eating, and, and we got the call, and, and I just went, Lee and I just, we just began to pray. We prayed the next morning on Tuesday morning, and I prayed before I responded, and I, so I sent a long text, and, and immediately I got a response back. And in between the sobs, this grieving father, this is what he asked, he just in between, he said, why? And then he saw, why? Why did God take my child? Well, well God didn't take his child. But see, in other parts of Christianity, they're told, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's in the Bible, but God never said that. God never said that. Well, uh, and I put in that text, I said, God is not working some mysterious way uh, in your life, uh, you know, to your benefit. This was an accident. But we know behind the scenes there are things that lead up to those kinds of things because as we've been teaching on the authority of the believer, one thing we do around here is we exercise that authority in the name of Jesus over accidents, over all that. You say, well, what if one happens? We'll deal with it when it does, if it does. But we know some things in the spirit realm that we must act on in order to keep our children safe, our loved ones safe, and everyone else safe. So we've got to understand something about the nature of our God. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, just take those three words, steal, kill, and destroy, and that categorizes, for lack of a better explanation, that categorizes the ministry of Satan. He comes to steal if you've ever had anything stolen from you. He's come to kill if anything has ever been separated from you that was very uh, dear to your heart. He comes to destroy if anything's ever been destroyed in your life. There is a satanic plot against that, behind that, excuse me, that has brought that into manifestation and into fruition. And God expects, now here's the thing, people ask this question, why doesn't God do something about that? Why doesn't God, He can't. You must understand God can't do something about anything we don't do something about. Now let me say that again, I want you to hear that very clearly right now. God cannot do anything about anything. We do not do something about that. You say, why? Because God gave this earth to man. Man has this earth in his possession right now. He fell into sin, but thank God Jesus redeemed us. 
And when Jesus redeemed us, not only did he restore the authority that man lost in the garden, he gave his authority to us in his name, through his word, and by the power of the Holy Ghost. But listen, we got, look, listen, church, we, have, we need to live our lives to get rid of this view of God that would do something horrendous like that. I'm telling you, we, Lee and I, we, we drove up there. That's why we weren't here Wednesday night. We drove up to the, to the showing. is in a beautiful Baptist church up in a little town north of Winnie. And uh, uh, we drove up there. What, we got there maybe about 6 o'clock. And there was a line to get in that church 10 people wide. And it probably was, what, 300 yards long? We couldn't get near them. So we went and ate. And while we ate, you know, we were just believing God. God would make a way. So we got a phone call. And in the phone call, a guy told us, he said, no, Rusty, you just go in there like you own the place. Just walk through the door. Get, get, go around the line. Don't do all, Just walk in that, and somebody will see you. And sure enough, that's Lee and I. We finished eating. We just walked around that, uh, all that line, all those people kind of looking at us. We just walked through the door like it was our church. And we no more than stepped into the sanctuary. Then somebody stood up and said, Rusty, Rusty. And I went over there. And of course, we gave him a big hug. We began to talk. And so there's all that line of people embracing this broken family. And he said, hold on just a minute. I'll get you up there. And he just went and moved those people out of the way and put Lee and I right there. To minister love and to minister compassion and to say this is not God. He does not do things like this. He does not steal, kill, and destroy. He comes that we might have life and we might have it in abundance. But we still live under the effects of our bodies that are in the state of decay, our minds that must be renewed by the Word of God. And there is loose upon this planet, and we see more and more evidence of it every day. Every day, all these horrific killings and all these things that have gone on, that is as satanic as it can be. It is the devil in manifestation. Well, why don't somebody do something about it? We are. We're doing everything we can do about it here on this island. I think one of the greatest testimonies of uh, of 2017 was that storm. And God's showing us in the Spirit that storm. I'm telling you, you may deny that that happened. I'm telling you, honey, it happened. God showed me in May in prayer and intercession. I began to pray over it. We were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pastor Sam Carr prayed the prayer of faith. That storm tried to hit this island four times. It tried to come in from the west, the southwest, dropped down into the Gulf, tried to come in from the east, then it went and tore up Beaumont and tried to come in from the northeast. But we said no. I said, we said no. And when God, and when we said no, God said no. He said, well, why didn't somebody in Houston pray that? Why didn't somebody in Rockland? I don't know. I can't answer those questions. And I don't try to entertain questions that I can't answer. But what I do know is God showed us. Now, if he'd have just showed us and we'd have done nothing, well, I hope it don't hit. What would have happened? That thing would have tore this island up like anything, any other storm that came. And then everybody, people go back, well, what about Ike? Ike just, well, you know, let me just say this. Ike tore us to pieces. 60 inches of water in this church. Our home was destroyed. Many of your homes were destroyed. But out of that, Island Church gained such a beautiful reputation upon this island. There's people that don't come to this church at all. They haven't darkened the door of this church ever. But you go up to them and you start tearing down Island Church, they'll knock you upside your head. We fed them for nine weeks. We gave them water. We clothed. We went to their home and did tear outs. All kinds of blood. God used what the devil meant for harm and turned it to our good. Now, in in your Bibles, go and and be sure and mark these scriptures. Because if you get in conversation with people, you need to be uh, well armed. Go to Lamentations first. We'll go there first. Lamentations 
chapter 3. Then we'll go over to 1 Thessalonians. Now, I want you to see these scriptures. I want you to mark them in your Bible. Because, listen, every one of you in here, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not prophesying another. I'm just telling you. Every one of you in here, you're going to have an opportunity to sit at a table, in a car, be at a funeral home, or be in a situation where somebody is going to blame some horrific thing on God. Why did God do this? You need to be prepared by the Word of God to look them in the eye and say, God did not do this, but God will help get you out of this. You need to be, you need to be prepared scripturally to do it. Now, uh, look at verse, did I tell you chapter 3, Lamentations? I know that's a chapter we don't, uh, book we don't read out of a lot. Uh, I love verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Well, number one, we live in the acceptable year of the Lord. And His mercies, just the grace that generally covers every. Listen, if it was the will of the devil, He'd have killed you on the way to church. He'd have killed you. He'd have done it. Listen, that's what he, But see, God's mercy. We live in the acceptable year, year of the Lord. It, uh, it's like an umbrella over this earth in which the hand of the adversary is literally by the sovereignty of God held back. You say, what do you mean by that? The judgment of God is not upon the earth. But the mercy of God is upon the earth. Because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Somebody say, great is thy faithfulness. Now, go down to verse, go down to verse uh, 33. Now, look, look, listen to this. Speaking of God, For He doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. Do you see that in your Bibles? He does not afflict willingly. That means in His will, he, does, he has no will to hurt you, no will to harm you, no will to destroy you, no will to do anything bad to you. Then look at the next part of that scripture. And he says, nor does he grieve the children of men. One translation says this, nor does he give any man on the, on the planet a reason to grieve. You say, Pastor, I'm grieving. God didn't do that to you. Pastor, I'm hurting. God didn't do that to you. But I got good news. God can take it from you. God can help you with that. God can bless you and cause you to come out of that grief and that grief to be broken over you. Amen? Now, now go to Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, all the way back into the New Testament. Let me get over there. I've got all my markers falling out of my Bible. 1 Thessalonians. Look at verse Look at verse 9 of chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9. It says for God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to it in the amplified. I love it in the amplified. Finally, verse 9. For God has not appointed us to incur His wrath. He did not select us to condemn us. But that we might obtain His salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. He does, God has not appointed us to incur His wrath. Now you want me to just give that to you in good old Galveston language? God is not mad at you. 
Oh, I've failed. God is not mad at you. Oh, I've, I've so failed God. It does not matter what you've done, how you've done it, where you've done it, to what degree you've done it. God, you have no capacity in you to make him mad. Because anytime we think about somebody being mad at us, we think about them doing something to us. I mean, if you come out, of, come out of your house in the morning and to get in your car to go to work and all four of your tires are slashed, you're not going to start thinking about the people that really love you in your life. Well, did my dad do it? My mom do it? You're going to start thinking about, who's mad at me? Come on, church. Who's mad? Who did, I, who did I make mad? Who's upset with me? But see, God is not, and so many people, I've even had people tell me, God doesn't like me. God is mad at me. I had one guy, I kept inviting him to church, and he kept saying this. Well, I'm telling you, if I walked into your church, the angels would fall out of heaven. I said, your sin ain't that big, buddy. <laughs> now, let me just say this. This will help us this morning. Don't go over and dig around in the old covenant and allow the old covenant to form in your mind an opinion of God. Now let me say, people go, they'll dig around in Job. All right, had a guy talk, tried to talk to a guy, they're digging around in Job. Get out of Job! Let me help you with Job. Can I help you with Job? That which I have greatly feared has come upon me. Get out of those, listen, until you have a strong revelation of who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you can do in Christ, and you have a strong revelation of faith, which puts all that into operation, stay out of those doctrines that talk about wrath, that talk about judgment. We do not live in that dispensation anymore. We live in the acceptable year of the Lord. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. God is not mad. And let me just say this, because I heard this recently. God's going to judge the church. I'm telling you, judgment is coming to the house of God. Judgment is coming upon the... Listen, God judged Jesus on the cross. He poured that judgment out. Horrible suffering, like no man has ever suffered on this planet. God dying for broken humanity upon the cross. God poured his judgment. He will not judge his body again. It's already happened. His judgment was our judgment. Now his righteousness is our righteousness. Amen. But see, people, let me just, I don't know why they do. I think, it, I think they think they're you know, spiritual and, and have a lot of authority and, and you know, uh, mean and mad. Listen, we need to preach the gospel glad. It's the good news. Everybody say the good news. It's the good news. We ought to preach the gospel. I used to so love Teal Osborne meetings. Many of y'all don't know who Teal Osborne was. Teal Osborne was an evangelist that went all over the world preached the gospel, had signs, wonders, and miracles. The, the, the book of Acts doesn't even, isn't even close to it. He had 65. They, cha- they had some Muslims challenge him in, in northern India, India, so he lined up 65 blind people. Lined them up. Said, pray to your God and heal them. They prayed and prayed and prayed, nothing happened. He said one word, in the name of Jesus, and all 65 blind eyes came open. Sets of eyes came open. And he had this, he had this beard, you know, he kind of looked like a, like a diplomat, you know. And he had these square shoulders, and he was tall. And he'd get up and he'd say, and God loves you, you know. And I, every time I went to one of his meetings, I felt like I was in a therapy session. 
And it was just like being around Jesus. I walked into a, to a, to a hotel uh, right next to the uh, uh, Dallas airport. I'd just flown in from Europe. And I walked in there, and there sat Teal and Daisy Osborne. Oh, I was like, there's Brother So I walked up to Brother Osborne. I'd met him a couple of times before. I said, Brother Osborne, uh, 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 you remember me? I'm Rusty from Lakewood. Oh, yeah, Rusty. Where have you been? What are you doing? I said, I've been in Ireland. He says, next time you go, tell all the people of Ireland I love them. And Jesus loves them. Looking at me with those steel blue eyes. I looked up and said, Brother Osborne, I've never had an opportunity to ask you to pray for me. Would you pray? He grabbed me in this big bear hug. He picked me up off the ground. He started walking around, said, bless Rusty, touch his life, send him to the world, anoint him with the Holy. I mean, he did it for 20 minutes. He let me go. I was like, oh, glory to God. But I never heard anything negative come out of him. Everything about God was righteousness and beauty and peace and glory. And he took it all over, his, all over the world his whole life. Many other men the same way. You say, why? God's not mad at people. God loves people. God cares about people. But the way he does it is through the people that he has upon the earth. That's why we need to become lovers of each other so we can be lovers of the hurting. How many people on Galveston, just Galveston Island, we don't even need to go across the causeway just on this island this morning. They're hurting. They're in pain. They hurt. The divorce papers have been given. The diagnosis of the child has been made. Uh, uh, The problem has manifested. They have no answer whatsoever. And they're crying out to God. And here we sit with the answer. Here we sit with the answer. Now, now, go to James. Book of James chapter 1. Should be right there. After the book of Hebrews. James chapter 1. Go down to verse, go down to verse 13. Verse 13 of James chapter 1 says, Let no man, everybody say, no man. Say, that's me. Say, that's the word talking to me. It says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Now, first of all, let me help you. Temptation relevant to you as a believer should have nothing to do with your past life. You say, what do you mean by that? You say, well, you shouldn't be tempted to go back to the crack, go back to the alcohol, go back to the hate, go back to the prejudice. That's not what it's talking about. The temptations relevant to the body of Christ is anything that goes contrary to our covenant. Uh, For years I didn't understand. Uh, Another uh, man's gone on to be with the Lord, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. He got healed when he was 17 years old and then just his whole life preached faith and, and helped a lot of people. But he used to always make this statement that I was so perplexed by. He would say, I tell you, I got healed in whatever date it was in 1933. He said, I hadn't been sick a day since then. Now, I was around him a lot as a child and then around him a lot later in later years of ministry. And I remember when I was in Bible school at Lakewood one time, he he had a box of Kleenex in the pulpit, and he's up there preaching on faith and telling people, I ain't never been sick a day in my life. And he's wiping his nose and blowing his nose and honking and throwing the Kleenexes in a deal. And I thought, you're sick right now. I was listening to him this week on a, on a, on a, on a, 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 a message he was teaching on my little iPod in my truck, and he's, every other sentence he's going, Amen. But then one day he said something that clarified it. 
He said, I hadn't been sick a day since I got saved. A day since I've been born again. But that doesn't mean I haven't been tempted. That clarified it. Listen, if you're going through sickness, if you're going through pain, if you're going through something physical right now, it's not something you possess. It's something you've been tempted with. The enemy is tempting you with that. He tempts you with depression. He tempts you with financial calamity. Those are temptations of your adversary. And the Bible says, let no man say when he is tempted, that's God doing that to me. Now notice what it says. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. That means he's not sick. He's not broke. He's not depressed. He's not worried about the economy, the Republicans, or the Democrats. Amen. Now listen to what it says, though. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted, I'm tempted of God. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Now you say, well, I'm telling you, God gave me this cancer. Where did he get it? It just said he can't be tempted with evil. Why? He don't, he don't have evil. Well, I read back in Job. See, that's where people, they always go back to Job and his three knucklehead friends. Because they were knuckleheads. Amen? But God, listen, he, he does not have, well, I've got some cancer up here. Who can I put it on? I'm going to really teach him to love me. Amen. Now listen to it in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God is, un, is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Listen, your problem that you're going through, God didn't give you that. The situation, you say, well, how did that happen? Sometimes, oh my goodness, here we go. Sometimes they're self-inflicted. Amen. I mean, you run around, you never pray, you never study the Word of God, come to church every once in a while, say, well, praise God, I don't know why this is going on in my life. You've let your guard down. You've got to be constantly on guard. You've got to have your guard up. You've got to be around the family of God, the people of God. You need to pray. That's why we've got prayer on Wednesday. You've got prayer on Saturday night. You ought to be in those prayer meetings. You say, well, if nothing else, praying for yourself. And then praying for a move of God where we can help other people with this stuff. But God doesn't, he's not standing up there de dealing out problems in order to mature his church. And so I, I thought, uh, all these problems bring us into, no, it's the word that matures us. It's the word that grows us up in the things of the spirit. It's the word of God that causes uh, uh, maturity to come into our spirit, man. And people say, well, you know, that's just life. You're right. There is a lot of stuff that that's just life. But the good news is for all the that's just life negative things, God's got something in his word that can deliver you out of the that's just life stuff. Did you get that? Mm -mm -mm. Now, real quick, how's my time? I got a couple more minutes. Is this helping anybody? What are you doing with love? Everybody say, what are you doing with love? 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Now notice verse 15. 
Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him. Now that's pretty simple. Let me say that again. That's pretty simple. It doesn't say be a Baptist, be a Methodist, be a Pentecostal, be a Catholic. It just says whosoever. So what does that encompass? Everybody. Everybody. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Never let your adversary tempt your mind into doubting your salvation. Now let me say that again. Never let your adversary tempt your mind in doubting your salvation. Because there's always, listen, I've dealt with it, I've dealt with it many times. Especially in our field ministry where we did special meetings a lot. Where especially among, among ladies, some lady would get in her mind and what it is, let me, let me just help you. It's a thought that comes through your mind. And, and here's the thought. You've committed the unpardonable sin. You've done something that God will not forgive you for. Now listen, the devil tries to put that thought in everybody's mind. The thing is, you can't grab that thought and entertain it. Because if you grab that thought and you entertain it, then all of a sudden, that thought is going to start looking for an expression in you. And then if you say it with your mouth, you give it life. And that's what the adversary is looking for. I don't care what you've done, how you've done it, where you've done it, or who you've done it with. If you are born again, if Jesus is your Lord, you are saved. Now the subject of fellowship is another subject. Because you can break fellowship with God. Don't pray. Don't study the Word. Don't come to church. Don't live righteous. Now you've broken fellowship. And, and the more your fellowship, the more, it, the more that gap in your fellowship widens, the more subject you are for an attack of the adversary. Because the Bible says in James... He's roaming about as a roaring lion seeking. Now, that's not written to Joe's Bar and Grill. That's written to the church. So the devil is not seeking among sinners. He knows among sinners, all they have to do is just stay in sin and sin will destroy them. So he comes into the church and he's looking for that gap in which fellowship hadn't been prayer. Hadn't been studying meditation of the word. Hadn't been living righteous. Hadn't been coming to church. Hadn't been doing what you're supposed to do. And it widens and, and he sees that gap. What does he do? Runs right in to manifest his ministry. Steal, kill, and destroy. He said, Pastor, so much of my life I've been stole, killed. You need to get back in fellowship with God. You're not unsaved. You don't need to get saved again. You need to restore your fellowship. And the thing about it is, God never broke the relationship. He will not break the relationship with you. The greatest example is the prodigal son over there in Luke 15. My goodness, that guy ran off, took all, everything. What if God gave you everything he was ever going to give you at one time? Boom, just dumped it on you. And then you took off with it and said, forget it. I'm never coming back to church, never praying. I'm just going to take this. I'm going to go to Las Vegas. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to drink. I'm going to get high. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then it's all gone. It's all gone. And then you say, well, I think I'm going to come creeping back into church. That's what those poles, they, they tie people those poles and whip them. I guess I'll take my whipping. No, God looks for you to come back. He wants to receive you, amen, but you got to first come to yourself, 
and you got to recognize there's bread in the Father's house. And you got to quit being a, a, a gimme Christian, gimme, gimme, gimme. And you, got, you need to become a make me Christian. Father, make me as one of your hired servants. Because God loves you. And you're his child. Everybody say, I'm his child. Now notice this. Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love, the love, the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Now, I'm going to close, close because I need to help you with that for just a moment. Everybody say, God is love. Say, God is love. Now, it's not that God sits up in heaven and chooses to love. Looks down and says, I'm going to love these people, but I'm not going to love these people. Because you can do that when you have a choice to love. But if you are love, you don't have a choice. For God so loved the world. Amen. Now, the only way you can relate to that is to understand another precept. God is truth. Now, everybody say God is truth. Now, we'll go back to God is love in just a minute because if I can give you an illustration where you can understand God is truth, then you can understand God is love. Now, God is not like, He's not human. He's deity. He's God. Everybody say God. That means He sits in heaven and He does not choose not to lie. It's not like He's up to say, well, I'm God and I'm, because I'm God, I just choose not to lie. That's not it. God is, God is truth. Jesus said it like this. I am the way. I am the truth. Amen. So God is truth. The Bible says three things about God. God is love. God is light. God is truth. Everybody say God is truth. That means if God walks in through the back door. Amen. He comes in, you know, hopefully Brother Dion let him in. <laughs> and so he comes in and, 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 he, and he walks up to the front and he goes, I'm God. And I'm truth. And today is not December the 3rd, 2017. Today is December the 9th, 2021. Now, either he has told a lie, or the entire universe shifts. Amen? The, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the speed of an atomic second. The entire universe races forward and stops and arrives at December the 9th, 2023. That's exactly what would happen. I said, that's exactly what would happen. Because everything that comes out of his mouth is truth. That's why when he says, by his stripes you're healed, he's telling the truth. That's why when he says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, he's telling you the truth. God cannot lie. There's no capacity in Him to lie. He cannot lie. Everything He says is truth. And God is love. I said, now, now a lot of people, now let me help you for a moment. A lot of people, they always try to take the strength of something and turn it into the weakness of something. So they all kind of, well, you know, nobody's going to go to hell. God is love. <laughs> I'm sorry, there'll be people that, that are there now and that will go later. That's because they reject that love. That love is here to be accepted or rejected. That love is here to be walked in, received, assimilated, and, 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 and transmitted out to the world. Or that love is to be rejected and to step away from. 
But God has no capacity in him to hurt you. God has no capacity in him to harm you. God has no capacity in him to give you pain or discomfort. Actually, he took all of that and poured it upon his son Jesus so that we have an answer for those things here on the earth. Amen. Now, that listen, I'm telling you there are people, there, there are guys with more letters at the end of their name than the alphabet. They will get up here and they will say, I'm telling you, God will allow this and God will allow that and God will allow this and God will allow... See, we use in that, well, God could do something about that, but He didn't. No, that's being evil. Because if you can do something about something that's fixing to happen that's evil and you don't do it, that's evil also. When we get to heaven, we're going to be very surprised about how little activity God could do on the earth because of us. I was in a meeting that I was conducting several years back. And it, I'm telling you, we had some healings in that meeting, some instantaneous healings. We had some blind eyes, and it was here in the States. Some blind eyes were open. We had a lady healed of Crohn's disease who, whose liver had failed, and she was as yellow as a banana. And I'm telling you, the power of God hit her, and she turned as pink as a pig. It was wondrous. I mean, the, 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 the church just screamed. It was so, it was so obvious, you know, the, the power. And she screamed. All of the symptoms were out. And when she did, another woman started screaming and, and ran to the back and started screaming even louder. And she sat on the front row and watched the, the words because that's the only light she could see in the whole building was those words. And when that woman got healed, her eyes opened. And the reason she ran in the back and started screaming, she could see the words just as clear from the back as she could from the front. And I'm telling you, people were touched. The power of God, where people were laying all over the church. And I went back to the hotel, and I was just kind of worshiping God and feeling real good about myself. Come on, church. And the Lord said to me, I didn't do everything I wanted to do in that service tonight. I only did what you allowed me to do. You talk about rocking my world. I was like, oh, my God. You only did what, what, what you allowed me to do. Just think if we could fully surrender. Faith, praise God, you know around here, we're faith people from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. But think if we could begin to develop in the love of God, which is the greatest. The love of God. Where the love of God so permeated us that, that, that all of a sudden, Everything that was negative about who we used to be, our prejudice, our inhibitions, everything just melted away. And that pure agape of God. We're, and we're going to get into, into that during the series and study exactly what that is. Where we don't, we, don't, we don't take account. We don't keep up with the evil done to us. Uh, we, we look out for others uh, more than we would look out for ourselves. Uh, where we're kind and where we're compassionate and we have a heart to help and a heart to love. But see, the world wants to make that into a weakness when in reality in the kingdom of God, that's our greatest strength strength I don't want to be known as a great faith church I want to be known as a great love church and if we can be known as a great love church then all that God desires to do he can do innocent through us because he so loves us he so cares for us he's not mad at us and for every one of you that are here today no matter what your opinion may be of God you better draw your information from the word the Bible says out of mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word give, be established. I gave you two New Testament and one Old Testament scriptures that show you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is not here to hurt you. God is not here to harm you. He is not mad at you. And He can't do anything evil to you because He does not possess evil. And I'm sure He sits up in heaven and He sees things happen like happened last week and He shakes His head. 
And he sees, says things like, well, I wish Rusty would have done something about that. I wish he could have heard my voice when I was telling him something like that could have happened. I wish somebody else might have done something about that. Somebody else might have prayed. Somebody else might have interceded. See, you never know who you're praying for when you're praying in tongues. That's why it's so important to pray in the Spirit. Other negative things that have happened. The horrible event in that church down in South Texas. How can God allow that? God would never allow that. He would never allow that. Did someone miss something? I don't know. There's questions we can't answer. But we have to walk in the light and the revelation of what we have. That's why every time we close these services, we pray like we pray. It is one of our traditions. We pray and we end our services. We're covered by the blood. You say, what does that mean? Blood covers everything. We're empowered by the word. Empowered to what? Empowered to live. Empowered to walk in safety and protection. And empowered to do the will of God. And we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. If there's something supernatural that is upon us that makes us different than other people. But let me tell you something, church. The seriousness of living life. I was back in the office with Ricardo and I I said, you know, there's a a point. I never really try to make it a doctrinal point. Don't preach on it as doctrine. But it's something that I've observed and something that I believe that if we were to, to, to probe the mind of the Holy Ghost, He would give us an agreement with that. And that is this. We're living in the most dangerous day this earth has ever known. Not because there's a, some nut in North Korea that wants to shoot off a missile or, 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 or what did I see the other day? There's 2,000, 2,000, 2,000, 2,000 active mass murders in the United States right now. Amen. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. There's, there's so much perversion. There's so much uh, 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 drugs. Our, our nation is being uh, just inundated. But, but, but we're 6,000 years from when God lived in the presence of man. God, uh, man lived in the presence of God. And in those 6,000 years, sin and iniquity has had 6,000 years to mastate, to become this animal that, that turns men into animals and controls their lives. And in the land of the free, the home of the brave, we've got more prisons than any other nation in the world. You say, why? Because when you start breaking God's law and you continue to do that, you end up breaking man's law and you have to be controlled. Amen. But against the backdrop of the greatest darkness, the light shines the brightest. And you're not iniquitous. Your sins are forgiven. But you have to pay attention. You have to serve the Lord. You have to make a decision. I'm going to give myself to God. I'm going to serve Him. And that will ensure. Not that you'll never have a problem. Not that you'll never go through the crisis of life, but that will ensure in the midst of that crisis, you're going to have a supernatural solution from God that is going to get you through the valley of the shadow of death and out on the other side so you don't have to build a habitation in that valley. And you can come on out on the other side and be blessed of God. Amen. You love the Lord today. Praise God. Brother Frank, go play softly. Heavenly Father, we bless your name this morning. Lord, I pray for this congregation. I pray that if there be a man or a woman, a husband, a wife, child, teenager, any person here this morning that does not know you as a Lord, a Savior, any person that in their heart is not sure that they're born again, that Jesus is their Lord. Or Heavenly Father, if there's anyone here that's out of fellowship with God, 
that they will set aside pride, set aside fear, respond to the Holy Ghost, His gentle beckoning to come back home, come back to the Father, come back to the good things of God. So Heavenly Father, I pray that Your Spirit move gently among this crowd, for You are a God of great compassion of mercy. That anyone in that condition this morning would respond and desire to have their fellowship mended or to be born again for the first time to enter into the good things of God. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, as I look around, ushers help me. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I've never made Jesus Lord. Or you say, I'm out of fellowship with God. I want to be right with God this morning. Please pray with me. Anybody like that at all? Would you please lift your hand? Anyone at all? See one hand. God bless you. Don't be afraid or ashamed. We love you. This is why we have church. To give people opportunity to get right with God. One hand was raised. You can put your hand down once you've raised. Anyone else? Would say, that's me, Pastor. I'm out of fellowship. I'm not right with God. I'm not living right. I'm not doing it. Say, well, Pastor, I'm not going to go up there and be embarrassed. Listen, don't let, don't let what other people think about you keep you in a place of being out of fellowship with God. We love you. We care about you. And there's not one person in here that sits in judgment against anybody. For, for each and every one of us have gone down that path and needed to be restored. There's people in here right now. You need to be restored to the Lord. You need to be restored to the Lord. And He's pulling on your heart right now. Don't reject it. So I'm going to look one more time. You say, Pastor, that's me. I know I need to be right with God this morning. Lift your hand up high. Let me see it. Come on. See another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, everybody look this way. Most of you know the routine for you that don't. The church is going to stand just a minute when I invite them to. When you do stand, I want you to give a big hand clap, a big applause for every person that raised their hand. I'm going to ask those that raise their hand to come down here and stand with me. We're going to pray together. We're going to make sure everything is right with God. And let me just say this. If you did not raise your hand, but if you need to be down here, then when the church stands and gives that applause, you come down here too. Don't you dare be ashamed of God. He is not ashamed of you. Church, would you stand and give them a big hand clap? Come on, every person that raised your hand, come on right now. Don't be ashamed. Give them a big hand clap, church. Come on. Come on, give them a big hand clap. Come on, come stand right here, sweetie. You can face me. Come on, brother. You can stand right here and face me. That's good right there. Anybody else? Come on. I know in my spirit there's others that are here. And let me just say this. Because you don't come this morning, don't you not come back. You keep coming back till you do have whatever it takes to get yourself up here. Amen. Now, let me just say this. Both of you know this. There are laws in the natural that you can't violate. You know, you get up, climb up on the building and say, I could care less about gravity. I'm going to fly over to the donut shop and get me some donuts. You will find out after your first step off the building that the law of gravity applies to you. Slap, you're going to hit the ground. Just as laws in the natural are relevant, there are laws in the Spirit. One of the greatest laws of the Spirit is our mouth, our words. Our most valuable possession that we possess is our words. Nothing that you, you could gain a billion dollars in a business deal tomorrow and that billion dollars is not worth more than your word. Because with your word, you could say, I don't want it, give it to someone else. Or with that word, you could say, give it to me, it's mine. See what I'm saying? 
showing you there's more power in your words. That's why. That's how God made us. So what He requires of us is what? Some benevolent act to go out and do some great. No, he, he requires our words. It says in the Bible, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. If you're out of fellowship with God, how do you get back in fellowship? With your words. You give God your word. You give him your word. Now, there's levels. You know, you may, you may give your dog your word and, and break it, and it doesn't mean a whole lot or someone else. Or, but, but man, when it gets to God, you give him your word. Buddy, you better stand by it with everything you've got. You say, now, why should I do that? Because he's going to stand by his word in your life. So we're going to pray out loud so our own ears hear us. But the good news is the whole church is going to help you. So out loud, say this. Heavenly Father, right now, openly, publicly, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God. You sent your son Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, areas of my life, that have broken fellowship with you. I repent to you, Lord, and you alone, thanking you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. I declare December the 3rd, 2017, I am right with God, born again. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn around. Somebody's going to give you a big hug. Come on. Give them a big hand clap. Rejoice with them. Amen. Now turn around. i got three things you need to know. Three things you need to know real quick. Number one, that book. There's no book on this planet more important than that book. It's the only book of life. It's not a novel. It's not a history book. It's, a, it's God's Word. And here's what it is. It's God speaking to you. Now, let me say this. This will help you a little bit. The Old Testament and the Gospels were, were written for you. But the letters to the church were written to you. So get in there and read the Word every day. That's God talking. Secondly, talk to God. The spiritual term for it is prayer. Just learn every day. Just take a few minutes every day and then believe God that will increase. Third, you need a family. You don't need a Hispanic. You don't need a black. You don't need a white. You need a blood-washed family. Every believer needs a church. And we invite you to be a part of us because we love you and we care about you. Amen. Wave at us, Doc. They got a couple of free books they want to give you. If you have any needs, they'll pray with you about it. Amen. Give them a big hand clap if you will. Come on, don't patty cake. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Well, praise God. We're going to believe God for a wonderful week this week. Don't forget prayer and church on Wednesday night. Be sure and come and be a part of that. Don't forget prayer on Saturday night. Glory to God. Our crowds have, We started out strong, but our crowds have gotten a little thin. Let me just say this. Prayer is what's happening in the church right now. And if you're not coming to prayer, then you're really not cooperating with what, what, with what God's doing. But you need to cooperate with what God's doing and be a participant because you don't want to be a spectator on what that prayer is going to produce. You want to be right in the middle of it in your life. Amen. So come and be a part of, uh, of corporate prayer. That's always a blessing. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and worship Him one more time. Father, we worship You this morning. We thank You for Your goodness, Your grace. 
And Father, we thank you that you are the God that loves us, the God that cares for us, the God that tenderly embraces us and holds us to, to your heart. We thank you so much, Father. We're your family here on the earth, but you love us just as much as the family in heaven. We're so thankful. Father, as we leave today, we put a demand upon your word. We know your word puts a demand upon us. But Father, we declare that we may be justified. Thanking you according to Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Luke chapter 10. We as your people walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Fathers, we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of transportation. Whether it be for business or for pleasure. We thank you, Father. We are protected. And angels have charge over us. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, many are busy, many are working, many are going about in the, in the enhanced activity of this season. Thank you as we handle the resource you've given us, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Father, that we're kept from terror, from trauma, from accidents, from evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. For we abide under the shadow of the Most High. We're so thankful, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the door of utterance. Let your love percolate in us, bubble in us, come up out of us, and let us confront the hurt, the pain, the trauma of this fallen world with the love of God this week. Lord, as we leave today, how can we thank you enough? How can we worship you enough for the love that you've bestowed upon us? and that you gave your only begotten Son. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you for our church, that we can learn to walk in love one toward another and see that love grow and manifest in many different ways. Father, we leave today as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, thanking you, Lord, that here at Island Church we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you, and enjoy this Christmas season. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.